Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. This is the Upworthy Weekly Podcast. My name is Todd Perry, and with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. Hello. You know, Allison from the show, Allison Rosen is your new best friend, but mostly, mostly you know her from right here, Upworthy Weekly. Uh, I would say, uh, without a doubt, the most popular podcast on the internet that's good news based. Yes, if not one of the only ones. Yeah. I mean, what am I saying? That's totally wrong. What I mean is well, out of a out of a crowded, crowded market of also rans and people who are just trying to do us. We're the original and the best. That's right. That's, uh, what I meant to say. that's thank you. Thank you for correcting yourself. <laughs> Uh, on today's show, we're going to discuss some of the most popular and engaging stories that Upworthy has put out from January 16th to the 20th. Uh, but before we get into that, we have a little bit of listener mail. Uh, we, need a, we, need, we need a listener mailbag intro. We don't do, you? yes. Why don't you come up with one right now? Mm. And Just now, sing something. <laughs> listener mail. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So this is a, a response to I was talking about how last week I had a, I deposited someone's ashes at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas where the Raiders play, which inspired uh, somebody uh, to tell their ash spreading story, which, by the way, people come to Upworthy. They're like, they want the good news. They also want hot cremation talk is what they want. Uh I guess a guy named Freddie died in a motorcycle accident and his wife had his body cremated and uh, gave out ashes to many of his friends to dispose of as they see fit. So I was given a pint jar of his ashes to dispose of and Freddie was an avid bowler. So my friend Joe and I took a vial of Freddie's ashes bowling in a rural Minnesota bowling alley. And first they put the, the ashes in the finger holes. Oh, Wow. And so the ball would roll down the lane, and uh, when it hit the pins, it would go, bramo, and you get all the, the ash everywhere. Yeah. Trouble was, after doing this a few times, the lane was covered with a layer of ash and ground bone. Oh. As the balls rolled down the lane, it began to sound like it was rolling down a gravel road. <laughs> Is this disrespectful? I mean, it's, maybe it's what he would have wanted. Okay. I'd like my ashes pulverized <laughs> by a, an eight-pound ball. ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, we finished our games and left, never telling the operator that the lane we used was in need of a serious cleaning. I can only hope that when I pass, my fellow club members will honor me in a similar and creative way. Beautiful. Are, uh, I think they're called cremains. Are those considered biological waste or like biohazardous waste or you know at, at that point is it because it's inert at that point right i'm asking you as if you work for a place that <laughs> like cremates bodies or something but do you know well you know over here at perry's mortuary <laughs> and tennis gardens uh, we take pride in the fact that our our remains are non-radioactive okay. unless the person was the victim of some type of nuclear accident 
And mm. then we have to put them on the shelf and they have a half-life of 50 years. Good to know. That's why people come to Upworthy Weekly. So every week you could get uplifting <laughs> stories and more information about radioactive uh, human remains. That's right. But anyway, so yeah, so... If you guys have any great uh, cremation stories, please uh, send them to the BuzzFeed podcast, and uh, <laughs> they can they can handle them over there. But that's enough <laughs> cremation talk for us. But the guy was kind enough to respond and send an email, so decided to give him a little bit of love. And now the Wednesday Adams of Upworthy. Alison Rosen. Why in the world we even chose her for this show remains to be seen. Take it away, Princess of Darkness. Children, what are you doing? I'm going to electrocute him. is subtly insulting and yet I love it okay so Ooh. hilarious guy shares the things from an 80s childhood that were totally awful you know now that it's been many years since uh, childhood in the 80s we have a tendency to look back on that uh, with uh, something called rosy retrospection which is where we get nostalgic for it and we're like those were the best of times you know it's really we got to get back to the way it was uh, which can also lead to something called declinism which is where you think the future is getting worse it's just a, it's a bias so anyway Chris Biggs of Canada's Biggs and Bar show put out a series of viral TikToks I mean, we're talking millions of viewers uh, where wow. he shows that the 80s were actually not that great you and I should have talked about this ahead of time. Do you have some audio? Because I also, I have, I can talk about what he talked about or are we doing the audio here? You know, I think, I think people want to hear your wonderful voice. <laughs> this As one? she coughs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to compliments. Just kidding. I like to bathe in them. Okay, so here are some of the things that he points out were not quite as great as we remember. One, Miss Piggy was a super unpleasant character that dominated children's entertainment. Look, I don't agree. I have rosy retrospection. I like Miss Piggy. I don't know if this is a little bit of misogyny or if this is pigism, but uh, Miss Piggy was all right. You know, I I did find her to be a little overbearing to Kermit, and it was a she borderline. Is. It was a borderline abusive relationship. And I yes, think the guy points out in the video if it was the other way around, that's if true. Kermit treated Piggy that way, just you know. Uh, <laughs> Come here, Kirby. You know, well, that was when yeah. she was loving, but she was mostly she just kind of pushed him around. It wasn't. She's a bit hectoring. A bit of she's a bit of a pig shrew. All right, yeah. uh, that that game Simon. He calls it a demon disc that caused soul crushing anxiety and rage. I never had Simon. Some friends did, but I never had it. Um, yeah. Operation. Do you remember how oh. awful that game was? <clears throat> it was so loud, and my parents. This is how unfun they were. My dad's like, I can't take the sound of this game. So they cut the wires. So we had to imagine it making a sound. That totally um, defeats hyper- the purpose of the game. I know. Here's our- what they should have done. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. I, I was just going to say, our problem was the game required batteries. Mm-hmm. And in and the, the Perry household... Batteries? <laughs> oh, my... my, my like, a battery? We got to wait till payday. It was like a $4 <laughs> battery. It was like, whoa, whoa. But, you know, the right. funny thing is batteries are like the same price now as they were in the 80s. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, but it was like $4 for a pack of batteries. And that's like yeah the equivalent of like $16 in today's money just to run your, you know, operation game. Yeah. Sometimes what you'd have to do is you'd have to like loot other electronics to mm. get like, oh, we haven't, we don't use this alarm clock. That's usually where I would go. Alarm clocks to get the batteries they needed. Um, oh, real quick. Here. Yeah. I, I, you know what? When it was in my 20s, I remember looting my mom's apartment, um, all of her uh, fire detectors <laughs> and stealing the 9 oh, volt yeah. batteries to, to put in my effects pedals for my guitars. Because like you run, you run through those batteries really fast when you're like hitting the distortion pedal or whatever, right? Or your tuner. And so then I went in, and then I took I took the batteries out, and then I replaced them, and I put them back up. So thank God my mom, you know, didn't die in a. I was just uh, gonna say, does she have any idea? Did you ever come clean? No, and you know what? I also one thing I haven't come clean about is. I checked out a bunch of books under her name at the Torrance Public Library, and I, I got her banned from the library because like the the fines were so steep and I didn't pay them. So um, that's wow. how I know my mom hasn't used the library. She's not like, why is my card banned? Irresponsible with other people's items and not afraid to let your mom die in an inferno. Wow, Todd. Bet you feel good about yourself. Um, here's a tip. For parents out there, this is a tip coming straight from 2023, not in the 80s. Don't cut the wires of operation. What you do is you if you if you have a toy that's too loud, find where the sound is coming out and just put some tape over it. We've like muted oh. the sound or just de- uh, lessened the sound of so many toys. Elliot asks us to do this actually because many toys are just a little too loud. Okay, because um, I'm a fun mom. Hypercolor t-shirts. These are the shirts that would change color depending on like the, the heat of your body. But uh, as he, the Chris Briggs points out, what or Chris Briggs, excuse me, what it revealed is everyone has sweaty armpits. Yeah. Um, here's one that's been you now the theme. Oh. Did you ever have t-shirt? a hypercolor shirt? Yeah. Hell yeah. And you'd like put your hands on it, you know? Yeah. And do different hands. Of course. Elliot has a mood ring now. That technology is not, it's it's around. Um, the never-ending story had two, scene, two scenes that Chris Biggs says had no business being in a children's movie. So ever since hearing that, I have now had the never-ending story theme song stuck in my head, which was oh. so good. And then I went on a deep dive, like whatever happened to the actors who played the, and then I just went on a real never ending binge this morning, never ending story binge. Hmm. Um, did you like that movie? No, I, I don't remember really digging it. I, hmm. as a kid, okay. I remember watching it. Like we, they would have like summer movies for a dollar at El Camino college in Torrance. And, uh, I remember that being one of the movies and I remember like not, didn't work for know. you. Didn't do no, it. I was, I, I liked it. Okay, and then here's something that he says was like the most uncomfortable and painful thing from the 80s. And I remember this distinctly. Fisher-Price pl- plastic roller skates. Do you Did you ever have these? These were roller skates that would strap onto your shoes. So incredibly dangerous, very uncomfortable. They don't really work. And yet, for some reason, they were everywhere. Yeah, and they were incredibly loud. They were like clack, 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 yeah. clack. Like you could hear somebody coming like way up the road. And they <laughs> right. never like, you never glided on them or glowed. No. I don't know what the term is. Glid. There you was know. no glidding. <laughs> you, could, you, you, could, you couldn't even roll on them. You'd just crunch. 
They did not work. They didn't yeah. work. No, and uh, then and you, you had to attach them at the bottom. There's like a little screw thing to fit your mm-hmm. shoe. Yes, they, no. And then waterbeds, super mm. sweaty. I remember there was a real novelty around waterbeds. And so I was always like jealous of people that had them. And then I think for some reason I did sleep on one once and I was like, get me off of this thing. <laughs> this is awful. I don't like it at all. I mm. get seasick. It's You can't get out of one. Yeah, I remember kind of liking it, like sleeping on one, like once or once or twice. But we, we didn't have one because it was so always loud like, too. And it was like we're gonna flood the house. Like it's gonna yes. the it was gonna break, and it was gonna be like the Titanic when the water just starts rushing through the bedroom right. and the old people drown. I never realized what a big deal they are until I began. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know what's happening <laughs> until I began signing leases and leases oftentimes have a clause in there. No waterbeds. Yeah. They're landlords. Number one enemy that and yeah. Todd Perry is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm going to set them on fire. Smoke in the shower. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so. for, for those who didn't hear that episode, I did not smoke in the shower at my old apartment, but my landlord accused me of it and billed me for it because there were, what he said was nicotine stains were in the shower, but that was a rusty Barbasol can. And then I got a very, very, very long email from a listener about the fact that he didn't believe that story. Yeah. And I didn't read it on the show because I didn't want to drive people away. But I was thinking about some unpleasant things from the 80s that I lived through besides Chernobyl. <laughs> I remember... I don't like, know why I'm laughing. It's, Chernobyl well, was not funny. It was disastrous. I got to say, though, the radiation humor on this show, this is the I, most I radiation know. humor we've had. It know. really is. I mean, wow. If you like radiation humor, this is the episode for you. Yeah. Uh, I remember a lot of toys had slime involved with them. Yes. Like they had the He-Man slime pit where like He-Man like would get slimed and then like Nickelodeon had a whole bunch of like slime uh, right. related because toys. If you said I don't on you can't do that on television if you said I don't know, you'd get slimed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so there was always like these slime toys and so when I was a kid and you get that slime or Ghostbusters that Ghostbusters toys with slime. And, but then within one day, like, it would just accumulate everything in your home. Would, <laughs> yes, like, Harry, become lint lint and dog hair filled slime. Yes, like my sister's hair would be in there. You'd find like a, a sunflower seed shell that got in there somehow. <laughs> and like, uh, like sand, like the neighbor's gerbil would get caught in there. Like, <laughs> And then it would just become this like smelly thing and you know it was like the blob it just got bigger and bigger mm-hmm. from accumulating stuff till it wasn't slime anymore nor fun right right um what i remember are i don't know what they were called it was like an early early nerf technology i feel like they were these like they almost looked like uh the size of a c battery and you'd like squeeze them together and like shoot them across the room and not tiddlywinks but like these styrofoam pellets that you'd like i mean and this we're talking like hoop and stick level of fun <laughs> like a styrofoam pellet thing that you'd squeeze and it would shoot across the room but it wasn't fun that 
I actually don't quite remember what you did with Tiddlywinks. Those weren't that fun. Um, what else from the 80s? Spin art was kind of fun. Shrinky Dinks, uh, always somewhat disappointing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember one thing I really didn't like was the E.T. arcade game, like for Atari. Like, okay, I never e- had that. Every kid got the E.T. game one year, and it was, I guess it was like hastily made, like they just put it out mm. real quick. And so it was like, you're, you're, you're E.T., and by the way, not the most mobile creature on Earth, right. E.T., because he kind of like would like waddle, and so mm-hmm. he like waddle yeah. in, into a pit and try to find like a phone, and then he just like fly off the screen, and you go, "What happened?" <laughs> that does sound disappointing. Yeah, and it was just like after a while, you're just like, "I really want to like this. I really." And yeah. it was like, "Nope, it, it was no fun." Right. Uh, also, I, I think one of the most disappointing things about living in the '80s was the. Uh, Hot ass Halloween costumes. Oh you got yes, the plastic, right, like wearing a plastic sheet and then a plastic mask with eye holes and a, an elastic that went around your head. Yeah, it was like thicker than like garbage bag plastic. It was mm-hmm. really thick, so you get all sweaty. It's like a tarp. Yeah. yeah, and they always ripped at the crotch. You know, and you'd have to kind of waddle and walk funny, and then the mask, like you, you get all this accumulation from your, your mouth in there and it would get hot and sweaty and then the yes. elastic band on the back would always break off so you'd just be like holding it on your head for the rest of the time or like yes. your mom would have to re-staple it but it's a different right. kind of staple than they use over the plastic <laughs> Halloween thing. And, yes. and you, you had like a face that wouldn't move. You're like C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Right, know? yes. And in the sound. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Allison, I'd like candy. Uh, uh, Someone give me candy. I'm a Wookiee. Uh, and you could, you could barely see. The visibility was not good in these things. Like, I feel like you just put the mask on for, like, when you get up to the door and then, yeah. yeah. It's a real convertible situation. Like, in those days, everybody was like, oh, you know, there's going to be a razor blade in the apple, and that's how you figured you were going to die in the 80s. But actually, you died being hit by a car because... <laughs> You had no peripheral vision <laughs> yes, walking across exactly. the street. That is exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, to all the Gen Z people there who are like, you know, I really wish I grew up in the 80s. Yeah, mm, you don't. It's not that great. No, wasn't that good. You know what else wasn't that good? Those pens that had like four different kinds of uh, different colored ink where you'd like click one down. Oh, yeah. Did you like those? I feel like they were like a high, a high a high ticket, an in-demand item. I was always like, yes, a pen that can draw four <laughs> different colors? Sign me up. And then I was always like, this is very disappointing when I got it. I, I went through a few of those pens of wanting them, getting them, being disappointed by them. Yeah, they d- didn't seem to work correctly. Now, as a boy, right. you, you couldn't get away with having one of those in, oh, really? in school. That, that was a girl thing. Like having colored... Okay colored pens to write with that was a girl thing yeah. um like a boy you would you would get you know melvined probably uh probably get a swirly wait what's melvined i know what a swirly is but what's mel getting melvined it's it's like getting a murph is that where someone gleeks on you <laughs> wait what's a murph <laughs> these are all eight no nobody are they over wedge- the are these a- wedgies yeah it was like a wedgie but the okay. wedgie was originally called a murph it was mm-hmm 
I did not know this. See, not only do we spread good news about people's radioactive ashes, but we teach people things. Yeah, it started off as a slur against the Irish. And then... Did they often have their underwear uncomfortably pulled up or something? I had no idea. Yeah, you got a Murphy, you know. And I do a podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons, the world's most Irish man. Yeah. Oh, he'll know. No you go, idea. Okay. You just ask him. What okay. did you do? You call it when someone grabs your underwear and then pulls it up. Now there was also, you know, the Murph evolved. I think wedgie became more popular. And then there became the atomic wedgie. Yes. Which fits into our radioactive theme, but I never quite understood. I, I Now, I, I hope I'm not bringing a, a Murph onto myself. I hope I'm not manifesting a Murph. I've never received a wedgie. Maybe because I was a girl, maybe because I wasn't into sports. I don't know. But uh, thankfully, I've, I mean, I've experienced wedgies just from like, you know, underwear, but I've never had someone deliberately do it to me. What makes it atomic? It's like extra forceful. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, the thing is, um, by the way, Murph Manifesto is playing Coachella this year. <laughs> uh, I love that. But the, the problem is like a, a, a woman tends to wear like panties and it doesn't mm. have like a, a, a strong layer of elastic on it. Right. Like you might I have see. a very thin, very thin yeah. thing of elastic. Like mm. I don't know how women keep their panties up as a matter of fact. Given Some don't. <laughs> right. That's gonna have to come out. <laughs> Not when I'm around, sister. No, the uh, <laughs> the um the the elastic. elastic is much thicker on a, a man's like on some BVDs, right? And so sure. then you can really go up. And then okay. also with the atomic wedgie, you're gonna try to Does get it that go over your shoulders. Allegedly, I've heard <gasps> the on head? the school ground that you can get it over the head. Now you'll probably probably break the kid's back, but that was an atomic wedgie. Now, wow, I don't like that. You, and, and then you know how, like back in like you know during the Vietnam War, like you know people would collect ears and whatnot. My buddy Steve used to collect the elastic band on our underwear because he was like the king of the wedgie and so he would so wedgie he would you so hard that it would rip yeah he would rip the elastic off and then he'd hang it as a warning in his living room to what not ever be friends with him as a warning against his friendship it just you don't screw with steve you know you're gonna get the atomic wedgie there's so much here. I don't know what to react to. I mean, I just want to say, like, not to do like a men versus women thing, but I cannot ever imagine a story that begins, my friend Susan has the hair of her enemies around her house. She's a good time or something like that. I mean, like, yeah. th th this is your friend and this is a thing he does. Okay. Is he a fun guy? Oh, it was a blast, you know. Uh, best man at my wedding, you know. And I really, also, yeah. So he never wedged you. Oh, he wedged me, yeah. But I deserved Jeez. it. It was I. I poked what, the tiger. You, okay. Uh, do you remember what you did? It was, it was probably something that disrespected him in some way, and so the only retribution was uh, uh, to underwear over your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, or sometimes there was. Over the foot, which is so, where then it's like you—it's know, almost like a hog tie. 
Wait, I'm trying to understand how that would work. Is it is is it going up and over or is it going down and around? <laughs> no, no, up and over. Neither. I mean, it'll be some hell of a big underwear. No, like on the on, <laughs> on your stomach, and then you pull it over the foot. So much underwear hijinks. Yeah. Can I just say, if anyone ever does any of this to my kids, I will hurt them. <laughs> In case anyone's listening who wants to give any of my kids atomic Murphs, don't do it. Don't do it. See, I think okay. We we could we could talk about you know in the opposite of we're talking about declinism, like declinism or whatever. Yeah, like thinking the world's getting worse, and just think about bullying, right? Like kids it's gotten so much better. Yeah, right. Like your kid will probably not be swirlied, wedgied, murfed, any of those things. Like. You know, and he'll be he'll be weaker for it, but you know, he it'll never Probably. happen. Yeah, I know. As I was saying that, I'm like, is that a gift? Is that a gift to my uh, boys, hoping they grow up strong, healthy, and self actualized? That I'm like, if anyone harms them, you're gonna have me to deal with. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably normal mom emotion. Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if they'll be weaker for it. I I don't really know that I buy into the idea that like bullying is somehow good. No, I don't think so. But, you know, lighthearted physical abuse between friends is, you know. Well, apparently my son and his friends love to do something like he farted and then blame farts on each other. And then the teacher will come by and like Elliot's friend will be like, Elliot said I farted. And then Elliot's like, why did you say that? So I feel like that's some, I mean, it hasn't escalated to the level of physical ribbing, but there's some gentle tomfoolery afoot, fart-based tomfoolery, which is also my favorite. <laughs> it's also, uh, also playing Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> All hail Todd Perry, the king of good news. <laughs> God save the king. Again, again, my song, insulting. Your song, a real celebration of you. It's curious. Hmm. How did well, that happen? As I've said before, much like Michael Jackson was known as the king of pop, and it was no in no way ever, you know, self-applied. Right. Mm. It was the, the public demanded it. The public called him that. Um, much in the same way they call me as, you know, the guy who's written for Upworthy, many, mm. many, many positive good news stories, host this podcast that that would make me king king of good news. And I accept the title. and Graciously. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I accept all responsibility that comes with that. Mm, okay. We'll see. Go ahead. A guy may have met his, quote, dream girl at a bar, but she only gave him part of her phone number. A woman named Jackie pulled a move straight out of a rom-com recently, and it has the internet rallying around her potential love interest. So that's why this story is kind of upworthy, because... Um, this happened to the guy, and I'll get into it, but all these people on Twitter have been trying to help the guy out to get this girl's full phone number. Mm. Uh, Jackie met a guy at a bar and liked him so much, she gave him her phone number. Well, 
80% of her number, that is. Uh, basically, this guy named Henpecked Hal posted this story online in a picture of the napkin uh, that Jackie wrote. And Henpecked Hal is the cousin of this guy. Uh, okay. My 22-year-old cousin met his dream girl at a bar, and it's going pretty well. And the photo had a picture of the napkin said, call me, 512-3-1-2-0-4. So he had to fill out the asterisk and figure out what this gal's phone number is. And she also wrote, mm. I'm worth it. What a weird thing to do. Right. And, you know, maybe it's the kind of thing you're sitting, you're having a bunch of drinks and you want to get silly, yeah. you know. Um, and so then a bunch of people were like, oh, man, this girl's arrogant or she's cold or like that's super mean. And then the guy says, well, to explain the whole story, um, the gal and the, the, the dude and the, the, the girl, they had a long conversation about how they like true crime podcasts. Oh. And they like mysteries. So, got it. <laughs> so, so she was being super cheeky and mm -hmm. gave him, you know, so I guess... The ultimate some, mystery. Yeah. And so uh, the guy started making a list of all the different number combinations he could call and then crossing mm -hmm. them out every time he went through a number. And so people started helping him online going, you know, I ran an AI on this and, you know, there's a hundred different potential combinations of this phone number and he had people create spreadsheets and just so this guy can dial down you know this number and um so now allison do you think this girl is being cool or she's being high maintenance by not giving out the full number or this is the most just romantic thing ever <clears throat> Have we explored the idea that she doesn't really want to hear from him? Like, are we just are we just buying into the idea that for sure they are star-crossed lovers and she's creating a game for him? Ooh. Well, she did. This, this tweet went so viral that Jackie ended up responding to it and saying, I'm taking matters into my own hands. Give me his phone number and I'll, I'll reach out to him. I see. But has she reached out yet? Not not uh, not as of the mm -hmm. press date on this story. Right. Okay, we'll see about this because my first instinct. Is, I'm sorry. I know I'm not. I know that this is not what anyone wants to hear. But my first instinct is like, if she really wanted him to hear from her, she would make it a little bit easier. This is quite a gauntlet that she has thrown down. Um, so I just. Maybe it's because I'm tired, and it seems that I'm developing a cold in the course of this episode. I find this. I'm sorry. A little bit annoying. Jackie, get hold of yourself and get over yourself, girlfriend. Uh, yeah, the on thing the is other hand, oh. on the other hand, I like it's, you know, it's it's I can see how people would find it fun. I just personally am like, oh, come on. What a bunch of work. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but also we're talking about people in their 20s, right? Like if you pulled this... They have the time, yeah. Yeah, if, you know, an anvil fell on poor Daniel's head and you were out there hanging out at your local uh, tavern in Burbank, that place where the guy wouldn't shut down during COVID and all the, oh, the yeah, protesters yeah. showed up. You, oh, you have, I forget the name. Uh, Tin Horn Flats. Yeah, you're hanging out at Tin Horn Flats and you meet this guy <laughs> named Brad and you and you say, oh, I do podcasts. And then he goes, oh, my God, I really love cereal. And then you mm -hmm. pretend like you listen to cereal. 
And then uh, <laughs> you gave old Brad uh, half your number. And so, yeah, so she says she's going to, you know, take care of it. I, you know, right, it, I'm just saying, is she? Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, we'll see. I think if somebody likes somebody, they don't want the potential of making, getting him mad when, you know, they, they'd like to see them again, you know. And right. Maybe you, I think, not put in one digit. Two. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, uh, <clears throat> she knows anything about permutations, if that's the correct term. There's, uh, she's leaving a, that's a lot of work for him. Um, I think you're absolutely right about in your 20s, though, this is a fun endeavor. Whereas when you're our age, it's like, give me a break. Like this morning, Elliot and Owen decided that humnum means yes and homina means no. And so they were only answering in humnum and homina. Oh. And <laughs> and Daniel was like, did you get your jacket? And Elliot's like, humnum or, or homina or whatever. Mm. And I was like explaining to Daniel what it was. And he's like, I don't have time for this. He's like, I just <laughs> got up. I, he's like, I only respond to yes and no. Uh, and I feel like her thing is way more in depth than humnum and homina. It is a little elaborate. I if there is a development on this story, then I will definitely uh, share Please. it on the next episode or people upworthy.com. Hello. Um I okay, I okay, you tell me what I should have done. I, I, this reminded me of a story that I never forget from my youth when I was hmm. a little bit older than them, but you know, it was I don't know, it was maybe 2002 or so. And I was at a club in is West this when Hall- you wore the gigantic jeans? Because I saw a photo of this recently, and it, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> oh yeah, me and my Carhartts at yeah. a party. This was <laughs> a, this was a couple years. This was maybe about three or four years after that. Okay, but yeah, I was at, uh, yeah, that was a fun photo. If you ever want to see a picture <laughs> of Todd and what appears to be Jinko's getting his rave on, <laughs> hit, send me a DM. Uh, so. Um, I'm at a I'm at a club in West Hollywood, and I was there with a gal who was my girlfriend at the time, and we had been dating for about four months or so, and I was on a back uh, like a backdoor patio hanging out having a drink, and she was inside. Mm-hmm. Gal walks up to me that I like had been crushing on for like three years. Mm. Her name and hey a- anybody out there can locate her, her name was Aislinn. Okay, so Aislinn. and and. She, yeah, and she she had a real uh, before that actress was around. Uh, what, what's her name? It was a Twilight girl. Oh, Kristen Stewart. Total Qu- Kristen Stewart vibes. She had like this like black hair, kind of like talk cool, you know, yeah, like kind of like cool. yeah, like Ace, almost. I'm Aislinn and I'm cool and I have yeah. black hair and, and like cool. I met her because like she like auditioned to be in a band I was playing in, and Ooh, she was what? an amazing guitar player too. She, we're, we're talking leather Tuscadero here. We're talking just why somebody with get, all of Why it. didn't you hire her? She thought we sucked. So <laughs> Amazing. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> she walked out on us. She was too good. <laughs> she was too good. And so, you know, it was B.B. King playing in pavement, you know. And so she, uh, I, I, I had run into her maybe once or twice since. And then I saw her at the club. And I see her outside. She's like, hey, Todd, how's it going? It's so good to see you. Like, and we're like, hey, Todd, how's it going? Yeah. And we're vibing. You know? uh-huh. We're vibing. And my, my girlfriend's in the uh, other room with her friends. And then yeah. she's like, oh, yeah, let me get your number. And mm. I was like, oh, ooh, 
Hmm. Now I'm like, if the exchanging of number, even if it's friendly or whatever, with a very attractive girl and the other right. girl, do I do this? Or do I? And, and and that girl I'm talking to doesn't know I'm there with a gal. Oh. So I'm at this what point did where you the, do? So I was sitting there. I'm like, uh, like, and right as right after she asked me for my number. My girlfriend at the time comes right outside and walks up Mm -hmm. and sees me talking to her. And so what do I say? I'll give you my email. Oh, okay. That's okay. I feel like that's okay. I mean, this was 2002. So did you say 2002? Yeah. Like nowadays, I feel like giving some... Nowadays, I feel like it's all kind of the same. Number, email, Instagram handle. They're all ways to reach you. Back then, I could see how email was like real a real step down but did she ever reach out to you no and mm. girlfriend you know because girlfriend and the and thing is the girlfriend and i broke up like two months later right of it course. was not you had eyes for aislinn yeah not meant to be but uh-huh. and this girl never saw her again never saw this aislinn again never walked into my life and i was like oh man if it, maybe you just would have exchanged digits and then this other girl dump, was gonna dump me anyway i didn't know yeah then it right. could have, my life could be different now. Not that I'm saying I'm not happily married and my life isn't perfect. Yeah. But weird, <laughs> we, things could have gone a different direction is what I'm saying. Is me and the uh, husky voiced great guitar player that looks like Kristen Stewart, you know, could have been happy. Right. But, it's such a unique name. Have you not looked her up? Do you know where she is at all? Uh, No, I don't. I don't. I should. If she's listening. I mean, I'll look her up after the show. Yeah. Aislinn, if you're listening... It's too late for you, but Todd would have appreciated an email. Yeah, you could have just reached out, you know. Yeah, we, drop we a could, line. We could have hung and done friend things. Like, Yeah, you could have instant messaged. Yeah. Set up Friendster profiles, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, it could have been, it could have been great. And you, you could have rejected my next band. It would have been... Right. Did she end up... You don't even know she ended up in a band. No idea. Todd... You're really letting us down here. Upworthy Weekly. All right. Gen X has some advice for Gen Z. A woman shares the things she wishes somebody had told her in her 20s. This is a woman named Megan Smith. She's the owner of Melody Note Vintage Store in Palm Springs. Uh, And she did a couple TikToks, which have like 13 million views. Again, when we cover a TikTok, it's not the one that just the person's friends and pets saw. It's usually it's usually because it's gone viral, uh, and it's you know interesting and upworthy. But anyway, in these 13 million times viewed TikToks, she shares things that she wishes someone had told her in her 20s. This mm. is Gen X imparting info to Gen Z, and also I like you know what we'll probably I was going to say something I like that she said but uh let's just hear her say it yeah so the very first one is perfection is what (laughs) well she said perfection is bs and then i i oh i reversed it so it's you know so like when you're okay uh, hearing that tom petty joint song and his let's get to the point let's run all the you know, they used to right. do that to the song. Uh, yeah, so she says perfection is BS. Like, you you will never be perfect at anything. Right. Don't even yeah. strive for it. Right. And you're never going to look better than you look now. 
Maybe I just, oh, let's hear her say it. So the very first <laughs> one is perfection is special. You are good looking and you will never be more good looking than you are today. So. Yep. There you go. Now, so, in my case, I actually, I don't know if that's true. I think I, I think I, I think I glowed up, but there were, I mean, I, but I get what she's saying. Like, I definitely feel when I look back that like the time that I was the best looking, I did not feel my best at all. And I wish I had realized, like, this is going to slip through my fingers. Feel good now. Yeah, yeah. And take and, and use it to your advantage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go, go give your number to Aislinn. That's right. That's right. You know, and yeah. I, maybe I didn't know it, but maybe I should have been wearing such large pants. <laughs> maybe you, you know? should or shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Maybe with something tighter, form-fitting. Yeah, you know. form-fitting, right, body conscious. Yeah, you didn't need to hide your light under a gigantic flap of bushel. No, but I'll tell you this. Big pants, it is much harder to get a good grip to on walk? a wedgie. To, to wedgie. Oh, me. yes, right, because you don't even know where the person's like body is in there. No. So the very first one is perfection is more good looking than you are today. So enjoy every day. Enjoy today. Put your phone down once in a while and enjoy. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I like. Look, the gist of what she says is good. When we get into the weeds, not sure. But in general, I like what she has your life. I like her vibe. If you are feeling blue, drink a glass of water, take a shower, go for a walk, and then see how you feel. I the like thing that. is, when you're feeling blue, it's hard to get the motivation to do these things. However, I do have to say, I a shower totally changes my mood. Yeah. Yeah. The rest Sh- of it, whatever. Yeah. I yeah, a good dog walk. It's yeah. a good way to turn things around. Because you look up, oh, there's trees and there's sky. Mm-hmm. And the sun will come up tomorrow. And, you know, somebody put some cute little knitted booties on the mailbox. And that was cute. And I, Yeah. You know. Don't change. We have, like, <laughs> we have little fairy gardens around. Have you seen this? Where someone will put, like, a tiny little door on a tree and, like, little mm-hmm. gnomes around it. And I, I, just, I find that to be very cute. Oh, yeah. Change for somebody. The right person is not going to love you any less for being yourself. Got that, Allison? That's true. I, Are you telling it, me not to change? Or are you telling me to accept you for you? Uh, I'm telling you that you can. You should stop trying to please everybody by changing oh, yourself and just be yes. the real Wednesday Goth Adams that you are. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I mean, she could say that to me, like, don't change for people. But it's like, I have no ability to change. That would oh, okay. mean I'd need self-control, uh, yes. discipline. Also the right... Yeah. How's your non-drinking? Huh? <laughs> How's the reduction in drinking going, your New Year's resolution? I think it's gone okay, actually. I, I have good. maintained a good 15 to 20% cutback. So, such a... 
achievable, modest cutback. I love it. Okay, what else does she have to say? I'll stop interrupting her. I didn't have a big problem, Allison. I just, you know, maybe okay. the, the calorie. Okay. Oh, 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 this is a, it's a, you just didn't, didn't want to be so bloated? Yeah. <laughs> I understand, actually. Okay. Person's not going to love you less for five or 10 pounds. Okay. Trust me on that one. Don't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, 20? Mm. <laughs> no, I was going to say 12. Yeah, I'm kidding, people. Don't worry about making mistakes because usually people are too self-involved to notice if you made a mistake. <clears throat> that this is very is true. true. Yeah, it's a very everyone. My dad used to say that he'd be like, "Everyone is only thinking about themselves." Like when you walk away from an exchange and you're like, "Oh, I can't believe I said that thing." Most everyone is thinking about what they said, which is sort of depressing in a way, but it's also liberating. Yeah, when you have that next morning after a party where you're like, oh, and yeah. then I just think, oh, you know, only if it was really big, loud, and obvious should I worry about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, for the most part, your foibles, like someone else, if they even think of them, they're just sort of amused by it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and if the person continues the relationship, obviously, right? Your foibles right. aren't that bad. Right. Um, is there any other advice that she had on there? I remember there was one that I really liked, but let's see. Uh, well, I'm curious what you think of this advice, which is don't spend longer than one year with the wrong person. Uh, and also she said that you tend to date people that you think you deserve, but you deserve more. Those mm. sort of resonated with me. Um, yeah, what was the thing that you really liked of what she said? I liked, and it's like the Maya Angelou advice, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yes, yes. That, that's taken me a long time to learn. Yes. She also said, your happiness is more important than other people's disappointment, which is, that's a tough one for people pleasers. But um, it got me thinking, like, what are things that I would have said to my young self or things I wish that I had known? And just this morning, I was thinking about, because I was someone who was, um, I felt that I was unlucky in love for years and years and years. And I always knew I wanted to get married and have kids, but I would think to myself, like, I don't, I don't see how that's ever going to happen because I feel that my endeavors at relationships are so far away from anything like that. And then now here I am, I'm an adult, I'm married, I have two kids, um, and I wish that I could have said to myself, just have faith that it'll happen when it's supposed to happen, which I know sounds really woo woo, but yeah. I think that's true. It's like, it didn't happen for me until I had worked on myself enough through therapy and just mostly therapy, but like mm. till it didn't happen till I was ready for it to happen. Right. And you can't control that. You, and it, you really can only work on yourself. You can't really set out to like, I'm going to fall in love this year. Like, it doesn't work that way. No. Uh, that, that's Hallmark. I'm going to fall in love this year and I'm going to meet the... Right. Yeah. My, my wife did say when she met me, though, I met the man I'm going to marry. I love that. Not, not I wonder, what was it the pants? It was. It was the big pants. <laughs> it was my big pants. But um, you did not, you did not have that reaction, right? When you first met her, you didn't, you weren't like, oh, yes. I was like, oh, she's cute. She's hot, whatever, you know. Yeah. And then, then I grew to really like her. 
because I didn't, you know, you're just drunk at, at a party. You know, you don't, you don't, right. you, don't you don't know people. Um, but she knew. She did. And hey, and good for her. Um, let's see here. I was, I was thinking here, like if I had this advice, it would be like, uh, no one else can make you happy, but you like people yes. are always looking for someone else to fulfill them. And no one, no one's going to fulfill you. It doesn't matter. You could meet your soulmate. You know, I could wake up, you know, next, next morning with Aislinn, you know, and still it's, I'm responsible for my own happiness, you know? Yes. So true. Such an important lesson. And I would also say embrace the bad things that come into your life Mm. because it, when it's kind of like, this sounds weird, but someone once said this to me at a rave (laughs) and she said, (laughs) and we were sitting in a boxing ring and she says, Todd, I forget this gal's name. She goes, Todd, all pain, all pain is equal. She goes, Mm. if if you could be somebody, and this isn't completely true because there's some people that are living rather miserable lives, right? Mm -hmm. But if you could be somebody who has nothing, something small will make them very happy. Uh, If something terrible happens, it won't bum them out that much because they're used to a certain amount of pain in life, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody who's had everything delivered on a silver platter, the smallest thing, a smudge on their shoes can send you to go crazy, right? That's why there's... That's why there's Karens in this world, right? Because my whole world is perfect and then suddenly, you know, you don't have Splenda and I'm going to go off on a racist tirade, right? Um, I mean, it is a problem when they're out of Splenda. Yeah. Oh. So I I always figure like having misfortune in my life makes things that are good that much more enjoyable. And -hmm. then if my life was always just nothing going wrong and something good happened, I wouldn't appreciate it because your life is perfect or whatever. That's why like utopia can't really exist. You know, that is really profound though. This rave wisdom that you received in a boxing ring that all pain is equal. And I mean, I feel like it needs a a, a finer articulation, but I get what she's saying that like, what is heartache to one person is heartache. What one person experiences as heartache feels the same to them as what another person experiences as heartache, even though the thing that is causing the pain could be completely different. Right. Yeah. The, the, uh, the size of it is, is, is different. Right. right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. And so that's what I, I always kind of realized the balance of that. And so then when some misfortune happens, I try to embrace it and I go, well, the good part of this is when something good happens, it's going to feel that much better, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and also something that I may not perceive as good if everything good is happening in my life, uh, I may not notice. So it's embrace the suck, as they say. Mm. And also something that you can do with the suck is when something bad happens, especially if it's a repeated thing, I try to say to myself like, what can I learn from this? Like, what is my part of this? What am I doing that might be allowing this? And sometimes you're doing nothing, but sometimes there, you know, like oftentimes I'll be upset about something and and I'll realize like, this is what this is highlighting to me is I didn't assert myself in this situation. And that's why I feel this way now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like in next time, nip it in the bud, right? Yeah. 
you know, and, and having kids teaches you this because you, you're learning a million lessons a day with kids, right? Yes, yes. Uh, another thing was that I read that I always kind of take to heart, and I probably mentioned this before on the podcast, and it's the Steve Martin quote is, to be so good that you're undeniable. Mm, yes. So, and I'm not saying I'm that great at anything, but I think it's something to strive towards that at, at a certain point, if you get really good at something that you want to do in life, if you are very good at it, then people will give you the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can make your own luck that way. Versus, and you know what? And also, if opportunities aren't coming for you with certain talents or whatever, uh, then maybe it's time to up your game a bit, right? And and be get right. to that point where you're undeniable. And I I think for way too many years, I overestimated myself in many ways. Oh, same. You know, and then later realized when I was actually much better at like when it comes to like writing. You know, um, as I think I think working on one skill for a very long time, mm-hmm. there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that. So yeah, that's, that's oh yeah. I look back on some stuff at a time that I probably felt like, why is more not happening for me? And I look back and I think that uh, those opportunities, I wasn't ready for those opportunities that I got. Like I sucked. <laughs> I was right. not good. I was very amateurish. Right. I'm thinking of like various on-camera things that I watch now, and I'm like, oh, no wonder I didn't get that. Anyway. Right. Like, no wonder Aislinn didn't want to play in my band. We were awful, yeah. you know? You were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was the best of the bad. Is that, I'm just kidding. No. I'm, I'm it, kidding. As long as you were special. I, no, the problem was I thought I was special, and I was not special. That's why people got to work on their stuff, right? Yeah, it's hard. That's uh, it's hard to see yourself clearly. It's imp- almost impossible, I'd say. Upworthy Weekly. Young reporters inter. In- <laughs> Be so good, you're undeniable, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Young reporters interview with NFL player Devonte Adams wows the internet. "Quote: This kid is going places." A 10-year-old young reporter blew everyone's mind with his calm and cool reporting style. In a video uploaded to Twitter, uh, a kid named Jeremiah spoke eloquently in an interview with Las Vegas Raiders star Devontae Adams. And so I'm going to play a clip here of a kid who's 10 years old interviewing the greatest wide receiver in the game, okay, Devontae Adams, who plays for the Las Vegas Raiders, which is pretty much the greatest organization in that's ever been put together, um, even though there were Does everyone sick. feel this way, or do, just you with your season tickets and you're going to Vegas every weekend? They were 6-11 and 11 this year, but, you know... Don't know what that means. They won six games and lost 11, so they weren't that oh. great this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in my heart and in my mind... Yeah. The only... They're the greatest. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's the kid uh, interviewing Devontae, who is who is the best receiver in the league, though. He is really Now I'm here with Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's got 95 receptions for 1,443 yards. He's got 14 touchdowns, and he averages 15 yards per catch. Wow. Man, it's an honor and a privilege to meet you today. Pleased to meet you, man. So one of my greatest memories of my life is going to your... I like how he has the sportscaster cadence. So one really of my does. greatest memories of my life. Like he's like like Howard Cosell, yeah. you know? All right. That says Howard Cosell. I, <laughs> I know he really a, is. I speak in a low and open throat. Yeah. 
you know, he, he also, what he has to do is he has to throw in extra words that don't need to be in, in the sentence to be a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of saying, um, like, the guy will say, like, instead of saying, like, I like how, you know, Derek Carr throws the ball, he'll go, I really enjoy watching how Derek Carr throws the NFL football pigskin, you know. <laughs> And then, then he has to say something really emphatic that is obvious, you mm-hmm. know, like, I think the team that scores the most points this week has a good chance of winning the game, you know? <laughs> now I'm here with the... Yes, sir. So what is one of your greatest memories in your childhood? Greatest memories in my childhood, I would say when I was young, um, maybe about seven or eight years old, I had opportunity to meet J.J. Stokes, who was on the San Francisco 49ers at the time. And that memory stuck with me because I was the first... Uh, professional athlete that I met that I met and it was just a great experience really nice guy he helped out all of the, all the young kids and gave us great advice so I probably have to say that Can we get a picture? so so funny thing is this was going on before the game in which the Kansas City Chiefs beat the living snot out of the Raiders and what was happening before the game probably at the exact same time this interview was happening um, you were spreading your friend's ashes. Yes. So, <gasps> yes, probably because I'm, I'm I'm hearing them playing like the pregame Imperial March uh-huh. Star Wars music yeah. that they always play for the Raiders. You got, yeah, so it was pregame. Everybody's happy because before they got their butt kicked and uh, I'm outside committing an illegal act and then, uh, yeah, so there we go. There you go. Yeah, he, uh, quite composed. Good job, young young Howard Cosell. Now, if I was sitting there next to Devontae Adams, I would be peeing on myself. You know, it'd be... Right. I love you. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd be like, who? Yeah. Point point him out for me, and I'll know which one to talk to. Which one of these Yankees here catches the (laughs) baseball? You know? (laughs) Uh, so okay, you know it I says don't. Since you're a wide receiver, what exactly do you receive? That's what yeah. I would say. Pigskin balls. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So I don't have my uh, my write your week intro after we, I, I lost some of that stuff. So we're just going to do oh, a quick one. Boy. We don't have that much right. time left anyway. So let's we'll just yeah. do a, a, a drum roll. Allison. On a scale yes. of one through five, one being an atomic wedgie, five being Devontae Adams, how was your week? I'm going to give my week a 3.5. I had a pretty fine, nothing, not off the charts great, not off the charts bad. It was a fine week. Throat's a little are, sore and I'm like, what's happening? Am I getting sick again? I can't stand that idea. But anyway, it was okay. Are you a better person than you were last week? Uh, yes, I am because... Hmm. I went to a dermatologist and I had a full body skin check. Everything's good. But this is something that I hadn't done since I was a teenager. And uh, people around me are like, oh, it's skin cancer. It's skin cancer. You know, like uh, people around me have been had to get skin cancer removed and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to go in there and they're going to find 600 problematic things on my body. But I tackled my fear and I did it. And it was like much easier and I really like the doctor and anyway so yeah I'm like kind of crushing it as a person right now awesome thank you thank you very much Todd on a scale of one to five one being a murph wedgie and five being 
roller skates that glide, not the ones we talked about earlier. How was your week? I'm going to give it a two. Oh. Yeah. I... Well, you know, as I talk about on every week, um, I've been living in an Airbnb because my house is under construction after I had a, a mold issue and a leak, so they replaced the flooring. So everything's been kind of hectic and stress-inducing because you're in, like when you're in an Airbnb, you're like, "Where's the where's the colander?" And then you got you you look through yeah. like 19 different cabinets. Oh, I found a colander. And then, then you're like, where is, like, I need a knife. And you can't find the knife. And then you're like, where did I put my, and you just, you can't do anything. It's like driving a rental car. Yeah, right. With, with everything. And but and you got like a kid and the dogs and, mm. the, and the wife. And so, yeah, it's been two weeks of this and I'm kind of losing my mind. And I have to work through all this. And I have Has to- Has it only been two weeks? I feel like you've been in a Airbnb forever. I was in an Airbnb. Then we went back to uh, the house and then we went back like two weeks ago. So I'm getting Ugh. tired of that and it's kind of driving me nuts. Um, so yeah. And are you a better person? Yes, because as we said earlier, I've, I've been embracing the suck and trying to put up with it. And I think something that is, I will, I will say this, I will compliment my wife and this, I think as my dog shakes over here, uh, <laughs> I will give my wife some love and that she has, I, I think been giving all of us grace in this period, Aww. and and I hopefully I have been that way to her. But you know, when you're just going through it and everything's a slog and everything is stressful, that you just kind of like, I'm gonna give you a wide berth right. to get upset, or if one of us gets overwhelmed with something, like, I got it, I got it, don't 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 worry, you know that kind of thing. So um, I will say Aww. that, and so I will compliment my wife uh, with that. I don't think Aislinn so could have put up with this. I really don't think she could have. No, she doesn't have what it takes. That's so sweet. Get your wife extra Jenny Lewis tickets. Oh, oh okay. I will say, Uh-oh. I did surprise my wife with Janet Jackson tickets. Yes, you mentioned. Yeah, because I won a lawsuit from StubHub and they gave me money. So I just yeah. bought Janet Jackson tickets. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Upworthy Weekly. I think we had some positive news mixed in with a whole bunch of Murph wedgie talk. And, and that's great. radioactive stuff. Yeah. yeah. You don't get that on the BuzzFeed podcast, I'll tell you No, that. you don't. You certainly don't. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.